0: Alright guys, what's up? Joey McKernan here with The Chosen Show. So excited for this discussion today. Again, our heart here with the show is that we would help equip you, inspire you to who God has called you to be. We believe that everybody has calling, everybody has purpose. And that we believe that God has a calling in your life and we want to help you discover that. And so I'm really excited for the discussion today. I really am because I think it's a discussion a lot of people either don't want to talk about or are scared to talk about because it is in everything. It's in churches. It's in schools. It's in workplaces. It's everywhere. Families, Thanksgiving dinners. uh, It's a discussion that uh, I think needs to be talked about. Today we're talking about faith and politics. Faith in politics, and I think this is a huge discussion. And when we think about faith, right, we know that we—if you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior—we know that He is our Lord. He is our—he um, is in charge. He is God. He is the one we serve. He is the one we fear. But in today's world, we also have politics, and that's just what it is, right? There's—that's just how the world works. There's political tensions in our world and the question is how do we handle when those two things collide how do we handle when the republican democrat that argument right when when we walk into the world and everybody is divisive and angry how do we handle the discussion around politics and faith And so today we're going to be looking at this, but specifically, and I want to be really clear about this up front. Number one, we are looking at this from Jesus's perspective, okay? I want to be clear about that. We are looking at this from Jesus's perspective. I'm not looking at this from CNN's perspective. I'm not looking at this from Fox News, your pastor, your church, your work, your friend, your arguments with your uncle. We are looking at this. From Jesus's perspective, okay, because at the end of the day, that is all that matters. We are e- so easily influenced by the things around us and how people even teach us and books and theologies. But here's the thing: Jesus is the only one we should look at for guidance in this discussion. Okay, and so we're going to be looking at that. Number two, I'm not an expert. I'm not a political expert. Um, I've been in the church space. I've been in the nonprofit space. I've been a little bit in the business space. Again, I'm, I'm in an organizational leadership um, space, but um, as a communicator and as a speaker, I felt God really influenced me um, through one of my devotional times to speak on this. And so I wanna share my thoughts and I pray that they help you. Number three, I am not trying to sway you to one side or the other. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, independent, I don't care. What I do care about though is when we say that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, when we claim him, we have to live like him and we have to model how he modeled his life for other people. As the church, I believe that we are called to the world to model this and to show other people how to love in the midst of a political environment that's very divisive and very hateful and hurtful at times. And my heart is that we don't fall into the traps that most society does because we have a compass. We have a North Star, and it's Jesus. So let's dive in. All right. So faith and politics. I'm going to go point by point here, but point, uh, point by point. And we are going to, I honestly hope you have some sort of, um, some sort of notepad or something to take notes on. Because I really believe that this teaching today is going to help you. I really believe that. And so I pray that you take this, apply it to your family, and uh, yeah, let's just dive in. So point number one, Jesus engaged and loved all sides. I'm going to say that again. He loved all sides of political groups. Here's the key. And again, if you have something to write down, write it down right now. He was above social systems. Okay? Jesus's perspective when he looked at the political environment that he lived in because there was one at that time just like there is one today. There was divisiveness, there was hate, there was division, there was racism. That was real. But here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus had just an incredible ability to see above it, to see through it, to not be held within it, right? we have to do the same we have to understand that our perspective is not this world it is not this world it is bigger it is kingdom it is heaven it is god but what happens is i believe our mindsets get caught too low and it's it's it uh it it hinders our ability to love people like jesus did because we're so caught in the system let me give you some examples of how Jesus loved all sides of political systems, and I'll give you a little bit of background to these people. Number one, the Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman, um, some of you may know, know the story where Jesus comes up to the well, right? And Jesus is talking with this woman. Number one, she's from Samaria. Samaria was, in the eyes of Israel, half-breeds. They were people who were Jews, but they married into families that were outside the nations. And based on their religion, that was not cool, right? So they were basically excommunicated from the Israel culture. They were hated. It was divisive. Um, they did not talk to each other. They went around the town, right? There's always a part, uh, piece in all of our cities that we go around that place, right? It was the people they didn't want to talk to. It was not popular, Um, it was not a good place. Number two, she was a woman. Um, Systematically and within the social systems of Mideastern culture, that was not the thing. A man would not come up to a woman like that. That was just not cool. But here's the thing. Jesus doesn't care. (laughs) He just doesn't care Because he saw past the social systems, right? Jesus interacts with this woman. He has this incredible moment. She actually goes back to her town in Samaria and she starts telling people about Jesus. Could you imagine if Jesus was held by the social systems and didn't engage with her? Could you imagine if Jesus fell to the trap of the social system? To say, you know what, I'm not going to talk to her because that's what culture tells me to do. We would miss a moment. We would miss a moment for God to change a life. But can we be a little honest right now? We do that. I do that. I avoid certain people I disengage from certain people because they don't have the same perspective as me. I disengage from them because they don't vote the same as but like we have this way where our minds get pulled too low and we miss moments. But Jesus never missed moments to serve a life because again he saw kingdom. Number two, Simon the Zealot. In the discipleship group, there was Simon Peter, right? Peter's super famous. But there's also in Mark chapter three where it's recorded that Simon the Zealot was a part of Jesus' discipleship group. Now, a zealot was a group that was basically in rebellion to the government. They were extremist groups. They were groups that were looking to overthrow governments. Could you imagine if an extremist group was a part of your close circle? Could you imagine if an extremist was somebody who you were taking under your wing, who you were discipling, who you were mentoring? I don't know if I could see myself doing that. I mean, I'd have to pray about it and think about it. But that's how Jesus lived his life. Jesus lived his life by engaging people who are very, very different than him because he knew it was bigger than that. Number three. Roman centurion. Luke chapter 8. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, by the way, um, Jesus engages this man who's a Roman. I want to emphasize on that, Roman centurion. The Romans were the most abusive, violent, war-driven, power-driven nations in the world. Um, They were a world power, and they were a world power for a reason. They were killing people. They were destroying people. If people were rebellious against the Roman government, much like how Jesus lost his life. They would crucify them, hang them like a piece of meat around the city, and they would say, "Look, if you try to do this again, this is you." They cut their heads off and um, or leave them out to die, and rats would come and eat their bodies. And that was how they led. That was how they. Um, that was how they, you know, exalted power amongst people that was how they did it here's the thing the roman centurion comes to jesus in luke chapter 8 and he says look i know you're busy i know you got a lot going on i know you you got you're doing a lot but if you just say the word i know you can heal my servant pretty powerful jesus said i've not seen faith like this in all of israel In all of israel Jesus loved him, and, and yes, he did heal his servant. It's incredible. But Jesus could have very well said, look, I'm not going to help you. You've killed my people. You've killed Israel. You've killed, you, you enslaved the people that God called originally. Like, no, I'm not helping you. But Jesus saw something bigger. A couple of the last groups, and we're going to move on to the next point, are the social outcasts, the lepers, the prostitutes. The caste system was so strong in that culture, but Jesus had no problem loving them. The last one is the Pharisees and the Sadducees, religious leaders, holding social power. Now, Jesus came to basically blow up what they were doing. But he still loved them, and he gave them a shot. And he, he spent a lot of time with a lot of Pharisees, and a lot of them ending up, ended up in Acts becoming followers and believers of Jesus. But again, Jesus saw kingdom, not a cultural system, number one. Number two, political parties... Are man made. I think this is something at times we forget. Um, we do not worship political parties, we worship God. Political parties are built on a popularity contest, they're not built on truth. And I think this is something that I've learned and I've realized even in my journey with politics. I mean, there's been times in my life where I said, oh no, this is this side or this side, you know, whatever. And I realized that. Here's the thing. Political parties are just popularity contests. It's a high school contest of who's popular and more popular. And we've seen this many times when different groups um, will promise things to get the vote, and they never do it. Here's the thing. They are popularity contests. And the scary thing about that is we're—and again, that's the challenge in politics because politics really does have power. I mean, we have power to change laws. We have change— And so I'm not discrediting the power of politics. I think it's powerful. I really do. But here's the flaw in it. You might, based on trying to follow Jesus, you might agree with one party or the other or both at some time. And that's what's challenging about it. Because they are changing the truth based to get your vote. And it is a, I'm going to read a quote here. The argument that we can seek or align our character and beliefs with politics is flawed because the source of guidance comes from the popularity of belief, not from a universal source. What does that mean? That means that the popularity of belief drives truth in in the political world. One of the examples I put in my notes is in 1960, the Democratic Party was against abortion. Now, obviously, they're one of the leading advocates for pro-choice. And I'm not saying if you agree with it or not. I'm just saying politics have a way to move like the wind and the waves, right? Whatever the people want, we're going to give them. That's not how God's truth works. And God's truth, I believe, can at times be found in both parties and different perspectives. And that's what's challenging. And it makes us as Christians feel like a nomad. It feels like a political nomad because we have beliefs and we have the tension of God's truth, but also parties that are incomplete versions of that truth. And so, again, I think we have to remember we don't serve man-made things. What does Paul say? He says, look, I'm not, trying, I'm not serving man. He said, look, if I was trying to please and serve man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Some of us on this call and on this channel, if we're honest, we've, we've served man in some way. We've served a man or a woman. We've served a policy or a perspective. And, and it's extremely divisive. It goes into my third point. This is really important. <laughs> I fell out of my chair. <laughs> Politics have a way to divide us. Jesus had a way to unite us. This one is interesting. And one of the examples that comes to my mind is COVID. When COVID first started, and a lot of you guys probably remember this, early March, uh, 2020, we were all pretty much on the same page and we were all buying buying toilet paper, (laughs) buying things at the store. Everybody was freaking out. Most people didn't know what it was about. Most people didn't know how bad it was going to be or how not bad it was going to be. No one really knew. All we knew was it was a virus. It was hurting older people, more than younger people. We didn't have a lot of information. But slowly, right, um, politics and, and sides and perspectives and parties and news and media, had a way to divide us, not based on fact, by the way, not based on the science. It was based on agendas. It was based on, oh, you wear a mask in public? You must be a liberal. Oh, you don't wear a mask? You're a conservative. How does that have anything to do with a medical virus? But somehow, some way, we found a way to politicize it. We We found a way to divide ourselves. So now we've got people arguing, we've got people... Even in churches, church culture is one is this way, one is that way, one is this way, one is that way. And all of a sudden we have perspectives that aren't kingdom-based, right? They're man-made. And by the way, it has a way to start having us point the finger at that person. Oh, you know, they're that. Oh, they're wearing a mask. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they're not wearing a mask. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm not messing with them. Here's the thing about that: that it starts to create hate in our hearts. It starts to create um, bitterness towards people. There's this like, you know, divisive us against you type mentality. And here's the thing about Jesus. Here's the thing about Christ. Jesus never lived his life that way. I'm here to tell you, he never was like, it's us against you. Now, if you don't want to follow him, he was like, oh, you know, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You, everyone has to come through me. Even the Pharisees, he got angry at them, but he gave them a shot to learn, to be a part of following. There's many, he, but he was never. It's us against the world. It's us against them. They're the enemy. See, most people who consider their enemies jesus considered a friend you see most people who considered the tax collectors and the lepers and the romans and jesus said look you're my friend and yeah people looked at him really weird and yeah people were so blown away by his perspective but isn't that the beauty of christ isn't that the beauty of how jesus loves people isn't that the beauty of how he serves people it's the beauty My last point. You can be a political nomad. Because Jesus was. I'm giving you permission, okay? I'm not saying don't vote, okay? Don't hear that. I'm not saying that. Please vote. But if you feel like a political nomad, it's okay. I'm giving you permission. It's okay. It's okay to feel like you don't belong. It's okay to feel like you're stuck in the middle. It's okay to feel that way, like it is okay. But here's my challenge. What would it look like for you to love like Jesus did in the political world? What would it look like if you're a Trump supporter or a Republican or whatever? What would it look like for you to engage somebody who is an AOC fanatic? Oh, no. What would it look like if you're an AOC or whatever, progressive or however you view the world? I don't care. What would it look like for you to engage one of, the, one of the biggest Trump supporters? They got the hat. They got the MAGA hat. What would that look like for you to love them? Take them out to coffee. Hang out with their family. You see, that's how Jesus loved See, that's how Jesus served. See, that's how Jesus lived his life. That's how Jesus saw the world. What would it look like? You see the bumper stickers. You see the things that just make you go, I don't like how they look at the world. And then you start to talk to him. You're like, you know what? We're not that different. We all need Jesus, we all need perspective. We all need to listen. And we all need to love. So again, I'm not here to push sides. Trust me. I can't stand it as much as most of us. But what I can tell you is that if we're not careful, some things can start to creep in our heart. Some things can start to become idols and gods that we should have never let become idols or gods. Things that... We're man-made, start to become God to us. And it was never designed to be that. Friends, let's be like Jesus and change the world.